Hello, everybody, and welcome back for another great episode of the Pirkei Avos podcast with Rabbi Shlomo Kohn, where we live with the ethics of the Torah. If you have any questions, comments, would like to reach out and say hello, all emails are welcome. Rabbi Shlomo Kohn at gmail.com. Additionally, if you like this podcast, you might also like my other podcast on the Parsha of the Week. You can search for it by looking for the Practical Parsha podcast or looking in the show notes below. For this week, we continue with Perak Bay's Mishnah Gimel, chapter two, Mishnah number three. And we are continuing with the teaching of Rabbi Gamliel. Rabbi Gamliel lived during a uh, very tumultuous time during the you know, while the Romans, I guess, were in their uh, reign of glory. And he's giving us important insight to something he experienced firsthand and he lived through. Let's begin the Mishnah. Or beware of the rulers, of the government. Because they only draw someone close. They only act as friends for their own benefit. They act as your friend during your t- during when it's beneficial for them, when it benefits them. But they do not stand by someone in his time of need. Rabbi Gamliel is giving us a very important piece of information, which he personally lived through in his lifetime. Rabbi Gamliel is telling us, number one, be weary, be careful with the government. Now, obviously, we're going to get into this. What does this mean? How do we understand this? But he's telling us, tread with caution because the government only does things for themselves. And if you're going to put all your eggs in the in the proverbial basket in the one basket you're you're putting yourself at risk because since the these officials the politicians do things for themselves ultimately so then they'll look like your friends when they need you and they need their contributions but when it comes to your time of need they won't be anywhere to be found and um there's a few different things we're going to talk about today a few different ideas that we're going to talk about for this mishnah is that number one is that as I mentioned before, Gamliel lived in a time where the Romans were persecuting the Jewish people. And only a few generations earlier, Rabbi Gamliel's father, Rabbi Yehuda, enjoyed an extremely close relationship with Marcus Aurelius Antoninus. And such a close relationship that the Gemara refers to them um, in, in, in a certain that they were sort of like almost like brothers in a way, that they both complemented each other, they both helped each other out. And um, Antoninus, Rebbe and Antoninus, the Gemara talks about the certain stories between them, how they dealt with each other and how he, he was very helpful to the Jewish people and how Rebbe helped the Roman Empire as well. But soon enough, one generation later, when Antoninus passed away and there was other rulers that were ruling Rome, 
And the leader of the Jews was the son of Rabbi Yehuda, right? Just not too far off. A few years passed, and now the situation had changed, and the good deeds that Rabbi had done for the Roman Empire had been forgotten, and the Jewish people were being persecuted. And the policy that Rabbi Gamliel advised is a policy of respectful distrust. That even when rulers smile at the people, they still have their own agenda. And there's really just um, a few ideas we could get, get out of this. The first thing we have to recognize, obviously, the mission is not telling us to be a conspiracy theorist and to put the aluminum foil hats on our head that we should, you know, think everything the government does is uh, they're out to get us. And, and obviously, it's a given that there's certain times and it's incumbent upon us as a community and as a person to do our hishtadlis, to do our due diligence, and to advocate on our behalf to the powers that be. So the, you know, the really the question is, is what does Rabbi Gamliel mean here, right? If, he, if he's not the two extremes, he's not telling us to totally rely on the government. We can't, you know, we have to remember, number one is on one side of this equation is the fact that we have to remember that as much as we're friendly with the government, as much as we have good relationship with politicians and officials, we have to remember that God's in charge, that no matter how good of a relationship we have and no matter how big of a campaign contribution we give, you know, the the end all be all is not going to be the fact that the government is not going to save us. We have to remember that Hashem is the one in charge and it's Hashem, it's God who's going to be the one who is our salvation. He's the one we dive into. Now, on the flip side of this equation is that we know as a community, as I mentioned before, we have to do our due diligence. We have to do our hishtadlis. We have to advocate on our behalf. So therefore, it can't mean that Rabbi Gamliel is telling us to totally not rely on the government, to not, have, to not be involved with them at all, and not to, to deal with them and not to try to, to, to get the benefit that we could get for our community, to get the benefits that are due to citizens of a country. And we even see this specifically during, you know, the Purim story. We see how Esther, Mordechai, Hatzadik, he asks Esther to use her position to advocate for the Jewish people. So what's the balance here that Gamliel is trying to strike um, when it comes to this idea of, of Jewish involvement in an advocacy for the community when it comes to government? So Gamliel is telling us this middle ground here, that a person has to recognize and remember that this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to take the steps necessary to advocate on behalf of the community, to try to cultivate positive relationships with government officials, to do what we can to make a positive impression. But we should never think to ourselves and we should never you know, have it in our mind that the government officials and the government are our saviors. Because as the commentaries bring down, it is only dependent upon the merit of the community that a government acts favorably to the people, to the Jewish people. And if, you know, God willing, we have merit, then we are acted favorably towards. And if God forbid we don't have, things can change around momentarily. And we have to remember this at all times because no matter how good we have it and how close we feel and how established we are, we have to remember that our, that our, salvation lies in Hashem. It's funny, there's a, just reminds me of a story here as well. There was a, there was somebody, you know, the rabbi once honored a certain politician. 
And I think he's helped him out in the past and, and, and he's helped him. But it was just striking because the, the he won re-election. And the night that he won re-election, the rabbi called him to, to, to wish him congratulations. And the number that he had, that he had for him that he was using during the campaign was already disconnected as soon as he won the election. But my point is, I felt like it brought out this idea that you know people do things, especially for power, um, that to get power, and we shouldn't place all our our hopes and our and our, and our prayers on the government because they're doing things what's best for them, and if it benefits them, um, it'll be good. They'll, they'll do it, and if it doesn't, they'll pull away, and then the person could be left without anything to lean on. But if they lean on Hashem, there's nothing that can cause them to fall. And, and just a, uh, a funny note that really brings this idea down to, to show us, you know, how to have the proper outlook. There was a uh, a joke I heard that, you know, obviously historically in, in the United States, Jewish people, meaning it says change, pro, you know, more recently. But if you look back in the history, in the early 1900s, 40s, 50s, the Jewish community in the United States voted primarily Democrat. And obviously, I'm not getting into politics here, but the there's a joke that was told in the early 1930s when Roosevelt was running for president. And Roosevelt was a very prominent Democrat. And the people would say that they believe in three worlds. They, they, they believe in Die Welt, which means this world, Jennerwelt, which is the next world, the world, and Roosevelt. That just the that's the three worlds that people that was the expression that was you know going around in, the, in those times that the three welts that people believed in. But the idea is that we know when it comes to our you know outlook and our you know take and position, we have to realize we have to do our part. To, to make that good impression um, and to to put our best foot forward. But yet at the same time, to, to recognize that that's not the end-all, be-all. We have to remember that there's God and he has his plan and he's the one who's going to help us. And there's a little bit of also this weariness to be a little bit careful to not be used by the powers that be, to, to, to tread carefully because ultimately people... The government is going to do things for their own benefit, and you have to be careful. And Rabbi Gamliel is giving us warning to tread carefully. And really just to tie into this a little bit more, to bring home this idea, there's a concept that's called Lev Malachim Biyad Hashem, that the hearts of kings is in the hand of God. Normally, a regular person has free will. We have choices we can make. We can decide we want to do a mitzvah. We could decide we want to do an avera. We want to do something good. We want to do something bad. We have free will. Now, obviously, you could, you know, people ask, how does free will work exactly? That's a conversation for another podcast. But we have free will. We can decide what we want to do and what we don't want to do. No one forces us to do anything, right? We have that decision to choose good or bad in our lives. Now, there's one type of person that does not have free will, that cannot make choices, that does not have a choice to do good or bad. Who is that? That's a king, someone who's the leader of a nation. And the, the Gemara talks about it, the Talmud talks about this idea, and it's brought down from this verse in 
I believe it is Mishle, that the hearts of kings are in the hands of Hashem. That a leader, according to the commentaries, has no bechira, has no free will. That when it comes to someone who is in charge of a country, who's a king, who's a leader, who's a president, he, he doesn't make his decisions anymore. He's just a pawn in God's plan. You know, you might ask, so how does that work? You know, how could they get reward or punishment? And the answer to that, they, the answer, there is an answer that could be dealt with, with that, to that question that has to do with their intentions. What were their intentions when they took power? Right? Was it to do good or to do bad? And that's going to be how their reward is based. But there's this idea that we have to recognize that when it comes to kings, it comes to leaders, not like a leader of a city, but a leader of a, of a nation, that God himself is the one who controls their decisions. And when you have that outlook, you have the certain changes to recognition of you know, how we're supposed to relate to the government. Because obviously we need to do our due diligence. We need to do our part. But Hashem has his plan that he wants to come to fruition. And he's going to make this person do that plan. Um, and um, nothing's going to change that. So obviously we have to do our part, which is this balance. But at the same time, we recognize that it's not us doing anything. We're just doing our part. The Talmud relates in the in Masechta Sota, Tractate Sota, it says different, it lists in towards the end of the Masechta, end of the Tractate, different things that will happen before Mashiach comes, before the Messiah comes. The, the Gemara says that one of the signs that Mashiach is coming is that the, the, the nation, the, the, the generation before Mashiach will be like the generation which is like the face of a dog. According to some commentary, what does that mean exactly? What does it mean that the generation before Mashiach will be like the face of a dog? They explain it to mean that if you take a dog and you and you throw a stick at the dog, right? So who does the dog bark at? Does the dog bark at the person who threw the stick or does it bark at the stick? Barks at the stick. Doesn't realize that it was the person who threw the stick that caused the pain to it. Barks at the stick. That's what it means. The generation before Mashiach comes is going to be the generation which is similar to a face of a dog. Is that we're going to forget this realization. We're going to think that everything that happens is because of the stick, and it's not because of you know the person who threw the stick, which in our case is God. You know, we think that things happen in the world. You know, it's global warming. It's climate change. It's whatever it is. It's there's different reasons. We're forgetting that the reason why these things are happening is supposed to be a message for us. You know, there's an earthquake in Turkey. It's a horrible, it's a terrible tragedy, but we have to take it to heart to think about it. And even though it's thousands of miles away from us, to think, to take stock for a moment, you know, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? It's supposed to be a message to us and to not bark at the stick and to, to make reasons for why things happen. I think, you know, going off on a little bit of a tangent, when it comes to anti-Semitism as well, there's a tendency for people to bark at the stick as well. You know, we'll say different reasons 
why things happen. Um, you know, there's not whatever it is. Each person, you know, you which depending which channel you turn is the is the is the answer you're going to get about what the stick is. But really, the answer that the question we need to ask is who threw the stick? Why are these things happening? And obviously, I'm not saying you're going to have an answer to the questions. These are not easy things to to answer to know. And I'm not saying that we don't have to be vigilant about it and to do our part about it. But we have to re, you know remember and recognize that we shouldn't bark at the stick. That when things happen, and in, in, especially in in the Jewish community, we can't bark at the stick. We have to look inward and look upward to the different things that affect us. And I believe this also ties into our Mishnah because our Mishnah is, is you know, is giving us that focus that when it comes to our dealing with the outside world, to dealing with the forces that be, you know, when we're, when we're thinking we're accomplishing something with our own actions, we feel very good about it. We, we have connections, we have pull, we have protectia, they say in, uh, I don't know if it's a real word, protectia in Russian, it's like, you know, you have, you know, you have, uh, you're protected. I don't know if it's Italian. I don't know what it is, but protectia, right? We think we have, we think we're all good. We're set. We forget that we're only looking at the stick. We need to remember, you know, who threw the stick. We have to remember who really gives us the protectia. Who's the one who's guiding us and giving us that protection and salvation. And, and this all ties into this thought process that we need to have. Because on one hand, we need to do what we can. We have to do our shtadlos. We have to do our due diligence. But at the same time, we need to remember always that the one who's guiding us, the one who is our, who is going to save us, the one who is protecting us, the one who is everything is Hashem. And that's something that Ramagamliel is stressing in this Mishnah and something we should also take to heart. And that's going to finish for today's podcast. I hope you all enjoyed. If you have any questions, comments, or you'd like to reach out, please feel free to send me an email at rabbishlomakom with a K at gmail.com. Everyone, have a great day.